first episode of Demystify. Kara, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to take you on a journey through time and explore the evolution of biotechnology from ancient civilizations to modern day breakthroughs. So let's start by defining biotechnology. It's a broad term that refers to the use of living organisms or biological systems to create products or technologies. It has application in many different industries, from agriculture and textile to medicine and cosmetics. That's right, and it's actually not a new concept. People have been using biotech for thousands of years. For example, ancient civilizations like the ancient Egyptians in about 16,000 BCE, they actually used fermentation to make bread, beer, and cheese. So what does fermentation actually mean? So put simply, fermentation is a process in biotech that involves converting sugars and other organic compounds into useful products like biofuels, food, or beverage additives. Specifically, it's a natural process, so it does take place in the presence of microorganisms like yeast and bacteria, which are actually what feed on the sugars and produce a range of byproducts, including ethanol, lactic acid, and acetic acid. So in biotechnology, fermentation is often performed in controlled conditions like laboratory settings, where we can control for optimal production of specific products. That is fascinating. But don't forget that the modern era of biotechnology really began in the 20th century with the discovery of DNA. In 1953, James Watson and Francis Crick discovered the double helix structure of DNA, which revolutionized the field of genetics. That discovery laid the foundation for genetic engineering, which is a key aspect of modern biotechnology It allows scientists to manipulate the DNA of living organisms to produce desired traits. This has led to the development of genetically modified organisms, also called the GMOs, in the 1970s, which are organisms that have had their genetic material altered in a way that doesn't occur naturally through mating or natural recombination. So when we talk about GMOs, we actually talk about introducing a foreign gene into another organism's genome. So the genome is where the DNA resides. And so when this DNA is then translated into protein, it's expressed by the organism and it's passed down to its offspring. So in the context of the food industry, this technology has the potential to, first of all, increase food production, as well as improve the quality of the food, and as well as reduce the need for harmful pesticides and herbicides. For example, in the late 1990s, the papaya ring spot virus, or RSV, caused a significant decline in the Hawaiian papaya industry. In particular, this virus resulted in the disfigurement and stunted growth of the papaya tree, which threatened its suitability for fruit production. So in order to overcome this papaya crisis, an American scientist at the University of Hawaii Dennis Gonsalves introduced a small piece of the virus's genetic material into the papaya plant's DNA for it to acquire resistance to the virus. This is a great example of the potential benefit of genetic engineering in agriculture. But what about some of the negative impacts of GM crops? That's a really good point. 
And as GMOs are typically a pretty contentious topic, um, they are pretty controversial. And so they do raise concerns about particular or potential environmental and health impacts and the ethical implications of actually modifying living organisms. So because of this, the use of GMO crops remains highly debated with ongoing discussions about their benefits and risks. Absolutely. But biotechnology is not just about agriculture. It also has major implications for medicine. In 1982, the first genetically engineered product, human insulin, was FDA approved for medical use in diabetes. For the first time, scientists inserted the gene responsible for insulin production into E. coli bacteria to synthetically obtain human insulin in large quantities. This was a game changer for poor-income individuals burdened by diabetes as the product became a more accessible alternative to the conventional animal source insulin. And since then, biotechnology has continued to revolutionize medicine. Another example of the use of biotechnology in medicine is gene therapy, which involves modifying or replacing faulty genes, and it holds the potential to cure genetic disorders. CRISPR, a gene editing tool, has opened up new possibilities for treating and preventing disease. That's right. CRISPR has been a game changer in the field of biotechnology. It has made gene editing more precise, efficient, and more affordable. It has also sparked a lot of ethical debates, as it has the potential to be used for things like creating designer babies, where parents can select specific traits for their children, such as intelligence or physical appearance. This possibility raises questions about the ethics of playing with the fundamental building blocks of life and the potential consequences of such actions. There is also a concern that is the use of CRISPR could lead to further inequalities and discrimination, as some individuals or groups may have access to these technologies and others may not. But we'll come back to that in a later episode, so stay tuned for that. Another controversial topic of biotechnology and medicine is actually the mRNA vaccine for COVID-19. With so much information at our fingertips, it's important to understand the basic science before jumping to conclusions about the political and economical implications on our society. Don't worry, we'll make sure you are well-equipped with sufficient knowledge to inform your opinions. You're absolutely right. So, have we missed any other industry where biotechnology is constantly used? We certainly have. As a recent beneficiary of biotechnology, the cosmetics industry has actually come a pretty long way in a short period of time. In 1995, Estee Lauder, which is a well-known beauty company, actually introduced the first cosmetic containing antioxidants, which are derived from natural sources such as green tea, grapeseed extract, and vitamin E. Then, in 2010, the first stem cell-based cosmetic product was introduced, claiming to stimulate the production of new skin cells and decrease wrinkles. This may sound daunting and overwhelmingly scientific, but rest assured, we will explore these topics and break them down into simple concepts in the upcoming podcasts where we dive into each unique technology. So the key takeaway from this discussion is that an understanding of biotechnology is not only important for scientists, but also for policymakers and the general public. It's critical that 
as a society, we have open and honest discussions about the benefits and the drawbacks of biotechnology. After all, biotechnology has the potential to improve our lives in many ways, but it also has the potential to cause harm if not used responsibly. We hope this podcast has helped you understand the history and potential of biotechnology. We look forward to having you join us next time as we take a closer look at the origin of specific biotechnological innovations in various industries and demystify the seemingly complex science behind them. Music